all you have to worry about is just yourself you know don't have to worry about anyone else what anyone thinks you just worry about you you do you and just go for it you know and once you go for it like for me I never want to take my foot off the gas just have to keep going you know like the minute you take your foot off the gas and you start so slowing down you you become distracted and you just kind of lose track a little bit but once you start going you just have to keep going and don't stop hello and welcome to another episode of the burnt chef journal hosted by myself chris hall the founder of the burnt chef project this week's guest is kim rashion who is joining us from London, having finished a six-year stint at restaurant Gordon Ramsay on Hospital Road. She talks to us about her entering into hospitality uh, at the age of 25 after studying economics at university, and how she rose through the ranks to become one of the senior leaders within the team. It's a very reflective conversation as Kim looks back over her last six years of career, what direction she wants to move into moving forward. As always, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you've got any particular guests that you'd like to see on the Burnt Chef journals, then please do send us an email to marketing at theburntchefproject.com and we'll do what we can do to get in contact with them. It doesn't have to be someone from the hospitality background. It can be from sports, psychology, nutrition, or it can be from another industry. But do get in touch, let us know, and we'll do our best to facilitate that for you. Thank you, and let's crack on with this week's episode. On the surface, we at Lamb Weston are a leading global frozen potato product provider, but hospitality is in our roots. We are helping to chip away the stigma of mental health in the industry and truly believe in well-being through potatoes, which is why we are in full support of the Burnt Chef project. If you want to find out more about how we provide well-being through the humble potato, or try a free sample of our award-winning products, such as our proper British chips, The Dukes, follow us on Instagram at Lamweston UK. How are you anyway, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, you? Yeah, not too bad. I take it it's a day off today, is it? Or um, Actually, I've left Restaurant Gordon Ramsay two weeks ago. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been just super strange not going into work. Yeah. yeah Emotional at the same time, actually, because I've been there for such a long time. And... Um, to finally have left because I mean I spoke to Matt about leaving like towards the end of 2019 and then it's just been like, a long time coming with Covid and everything as well so it just kept getting pushed back and to finally have left is so weird <laughs> I don't know what to do in the morning yeah I know just I mean weird. the at that sort of level, I guess you were working a lot, eh? Yeah, no, it, it has been a long journey, you know, like since the first day I started to be one of the senior members of, of the team and, you know, to run that kitchen when Matt's not there. It's just like crazy. Just, you know, I never thought coming from where I came from to actually be a part of that journey is surreal you know well that's a journey i'd very much like to learn about and um you know i'm sure our, lis- our listeners will as well because you know the the whole point of the burnt chef uh, pod podcast is to not only talk openly about well-being and mental health and mm. we started off to raise awareness for mental health issues because of the high levels of stress but where we've ended yeah. up now is almost like uh I don't know, uh, a positive voice for change in the industry. Like, you know, we want to inspire individuals to come into this industry and, you know, show them the the good bits about it, the positive bits, but also help guide 
both individuals and also business owners and management teams on the right ways to, to mm-hmm. run this industry, the, the more sustainable and healthier ways so that we've got a, a better industry long term for everyone, really. Um, 100%. It's definitely what we need. And um, especially for young kids as well, because obviously they, they look back to how our culture used to be or, you know, how people used to get treated now it's just like to obviously indicate that positive change which is important and they need that especially with this generation which I see a big difference to you know when I first started and now the kids just need nurturing I think and like guidance pointing them into the right direction not with just their career path but with everything um, in terms of living in general you know because the kids that work in our kitchen they are far away from their parents sometimes they're you know from a different country and London is like such a big city where you kind of need to guide them into the right direction and making sure that they're okay especially their well-being because they're not that they don't have their parents to support them you know yeah, would you say that that's because of you know the industry is always run in the same sort of way whereby yeah people would leave perhaps catering college or leave their country and come and work in different countries around the world. That's one of the great things about hospitality. But would you say that perhaps mm. the I don't know the generations or the resilience of of the the new generation coming in is different? Would the mindset be different of of the current generation compared to how it used to be? Um, I I definitely think it's completely different now. Um, just just the way they think and the way they expect things to be different. You know, um, I find there's a lot of you you need to teach them to walk them through every single step. And I guess for me, I want to be a part of that journey. You know. For, for them to be successful and then to realise at the end, oh, you know, I made that person <laughs> become this successful. And it's, sometimes for me it's very emotional because someone was there for me to be this successful. So I want to be a part of that for someone else. You know, I think it's really important. And it's so nice to hear that, Kim, as well. And I'm not blowing smoke, but, you know, now more than ever we need inspirational leaders in this industry who are prepared to you know teach and guide and nurture the future of our 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 industry you know what we're ushering in and is without getting too like soapboxes standing up here and going this is the future but like ultimately we're (laughs) we're ushering in a a new age for hospitality an age where perhaps rather than looking back we're looking forward about new ways of doing things and and mm-hmm. you know changing yeah. our cultures and processes so it's really really refreshing to hear that um no it's just like it's for me like that's why people go to school to be taught it's not just being a chef in general it's basically every career like bankers politicians or even you know I don't know, lawyers, solicitors, you go to school to be taught how to be a good like lawyer, solicitor, and then you become successful. You kind of be thankful to that person who who taught you, you know, to become so good. Okay, it also depends on your determination, your hard work that you put into it. But then if that person's not there to kind of like support you and pushing you into the right direction, then you know you you, you're not going to be the person that you want to be in general I mean now I still try to find the contact for the person who was teaching me at college back in Brighton College to like say to him look look at how far I've come look you know I want to be thankful to you because you helped me get to this point as well like he was the initial initial um person who like said you can do it, you know, you can go out there and you can actually just go as far as you want to, the world's your oyster. And it's just that sort of like 
the initial statement to be like, look, you can do that. You know, sometimes people just need that confidence from someone else. Yeah, I hear you. And you say you haven't found this, you haven't found this person who, who no, gave that confidence. No, I can't find his email address. I, it's either I just go back to Brighton and just basically say to him, you know, thank you. That's, that's all I wanted to say. Basically. Well, I mean, this, this, this podcast is now reaching 40,000 downloads. So what what's the name of this individual let's let's let, get our listeners on this and try and find out find out um, i can't remember his surname but basically his name is john um from brighton city college and yeah next time i go to brighton i'll make sure i'll go and you know pop into the college and actually say hi to him if he's still there well I think it's vitally important that we find John from Brighton College uh, <laughs> to so that not only can we you know introduce you back to him, but most importantly, you know, people catering tutors have such a vital role, a pivotal role in any young person's career, and it's uh, yeah, you know, to hear that 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 just those that vote of confidence in you has ended up, you know allowing you to have like a uh, already an amazing career within hospitality and I'm so I'm sure there's probably still a mm. lot more a lot more to come but you know it's I think it's it would be great to be able to have that support so if anyone does know John please get in contact with the Burnship Project <laughs> and we'll, put, we'll put you put you in contact so talking about then catering college what what was it that took you to catering college why why catering why not you know becoming a lawyer or a doctor um, well, initially I was doing economics at Sussex University and having spent so much time cooking for my friends than actually going to lectures, I realised I wanted to be, you know, become a chef or do something along the lines of cooking. So I finished my degree just you know, I thought may as well finish it. I was in my last year. It's better to just do it than throw everything in the bin, you know, all the time I invested into my degree. And then I walk away with an econom economics degree as well. And then when I graduated, I was working in a Thai restaurant um, because I, I didn't want to follow, follow the career path of doing anything economics related I didn't enjoy it that much so when I was at the Thai restaurant um I thought you know why not just go back to college and learn the basics because I knew nothing about French cooking or any basics um at all so I spent one year doing just you know a, a catering um course in Brighton City College and that was when I, I wanted to branch out and do something different instead of Thai food, just to like broaden my knowledge a little bit. That's amazing. And what age was this? So after university, you must have been. Yeah, hmm? I was 25. I was 25. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Like yeah. just to, to, at that age, you know, so like for, for most people within hospitality, you either sort of find it at a very early age, straight out of recruitment, you know, you know, the, mm -hmm. either, your, either your school teacher will say, well, you know, you've got a passion for this or or perhaps you should try hospitality for other reasons. And uh, it's not necessarily promoted as the career of choice, which it should be because it is a, an amazing career. But, yeah. you know, you, you find it in mid-20s mid where, you know, yeah. some people are perhaps already already starting or, or well along the career ladder. So how was that for you at, at the age of 25 getting into into um, this this an unknown industry really I mean I was excited because one I wanted to become independent you know I wanted to support myself and just um not that I didn't want to have anything to do with my parents but because they were more sort of business driven hence why I did economics um it's not to run away from them it's just because I wanted to be more independent and not have that sort of always have to turn to them and be like oh can you help me with this or can you help me with that and becoming a chef was you know what I, I was passionate about it and I, I knew I could do well in it so 
that was my way of just saying, look, I want to just branch off and do my own thing. And um, it just helped me focus as well, you know, to have that independence and being to support myself and not have to live at home or um, I can pay for my own bills and stuff like that, you know, because I knew that if I were to be doing economics or having sort of a business-related job, I will always have to fall back to them and just ask their help. So I'm glad I I chose to become a chef and even, you know, I can, I, I prove to them like, that I can be successful just following my own my own dream and doing what I wanted to do so, so what was it I mean what, what was your earliest memory of of that the bug that got you you know what 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 was it that stirred up in you and, and what sort of when did that hit you and what environment were you in um I think it's it's probably when I first started working at restaurant Gordon Ramsay in 2015. You know, I I never thought I was ever going to step foot in that kitchen, let alone just working in that kitchen for six years. But um, when when I realised that I wanted to become a chef, it, it's the same as if I were to follow down the, the the economics path. Like I would want to work for the best bank or you know the best business company or um so when I when I was following the hospitality career I wanted to work for the best restaurant in the country let alone in the world you know so why not try and chase the dream and see how far you can go you know so I I got in touch with someone a lady called Jade who works for basically she works for the scout um team so she looks out for chefs to join the group I got in touch with her and then she said I could go for a stage at restaurant Gordon Ramsay and she asked me how long I want to go there for and I said four, four weeks and then she said you know four weeks might be too much for you <laughs> and I was like no it's okay you know like nothing's going to be too much like four weeks is going to give me enough time to kind of think or work out whether I'll, I'll suit the kitchen or not and vice versa so by the end of my stage um chef matt gave me a job and that was that was that was it the rest was just history you know amazing and was this your first like your first full-time position after catering college no well i was working at a place called 64 degrees um the chef was michael branner and he had a restaurant in london and i was working in the london branch i was there for one year but then um afterwards i wanted to do something more I wanted to learn and push myself hence why I went for you know restaurant Gordon Ramsay and I had a friend who who said to me I could do it just you know I had nothing to lose may as well just go for it and he did the same but with the fat duck so he went to the fat duck and I I went to restaurant Gordon Ramsay. Wow and what was it like working into into that as an environment like a three mission star not just a three mission star restaurant, but a restaurant with such a, you know, such a fierce reputation within the hospitality industry. How was that for you? Um, I'm not going to lie. It was tough. You know, um, it was really tough. Um, but I enjoyed the buzz and, and I just love working in general, you know, and especially working some working with something that I love doing uh, I just wanted to be successful so that that was something that kept me going that I wanted to just do well in general and in by doing that I just focus basically um, and I moved around the kitchen quite not quickly but I did six months on each section um, and the last two years I was I became more senior in the kitchen so that was a different role you know instead of running a section you're running a whole team Mm. so it's completely different but I still worked as hard as if I was still a commie even though 
I was more seen in the kitchen because for other people in the kitchen or especially the young kids in the kitchen to look up to you they obviously want to see someone who still works hard at you know their job and I constantly wanted to keep pushing and moving forward and not just myself but the whole team as well you know you can't just move forward on your own you kind of have to take everyone with you yeah and in that way like um we um had more break or you know people get a night off and we come in to work later and it's just you know it it, it becomes a better environment for us to work in because everyone's feel a lot happier yeah it's 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 an interesting one. I was chatting to a mate of mine yesterday who works for Amazon and he was talking about mm-hmm. he's an engineer and he's just taken on this uh, senior management role and he was saying he said I don't mind getting involved in doing you know things like fixing the aircon although it's not within my job role he says because by doing that I'm yeah. showing my team that I'm willing to dig in and to get involved and that no you know no job is too big or too small for for anyone oh, yeah. in the team, irrespective of your position. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a concept that I keep falling back on in a module that we'll be designing um, in the next couple of months, which is to be a leader and not a boss and to mm-hmm. lead through your style and your ethos and your ethics rather than mm-hmm. to be there at the top and pointing and, you know, shouting and, and ruling through fear or perhaps asking people to do things that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't do yourself. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, and so how was that? Had you managed people before uh, when you, took on those senior roles um no <laughs> uh I've, I've never worked in such a team that big as well and it at the start it was difficult but I guess you kind of just learn on the job and um with the support of chef Matt as well you know he he does help me um learn how to become a better manager and I guess along the way you kind of make mistakes and then you learn from it and you you go home and you think about what you've said to to someone in the kitchen and you come back the next day and just like do do a better job and don't make the same mistake again because at the end of the day when when someone does get upset or you know um I I do feel responsible for it you know and it's upsetting sometimes when you kind of said something already and you're like, you can't revert back in the moment. You know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you can't revert back and be like, actually, I didn't mean that. So you come back in the next day and you just, you know, um, ha- have a better day, really, and don't make the same mistake again. Yeah. Have there ever been any moments that you've, you know, we know that the kitchen certainly the kitchen is a very stressful environment and pressure's running mm. high. Like have there been any moments where specifically you're like, Oh fuck, that was completely the wrong call and then had to you know, went back after and was like, hands up, do you know what? I'm vulnerable, I'm human too, and I've made a I've made a fuck yeah. up here, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I think I think there were definitely a few of those. Um which I probably won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's I have, of course, changed as well, especially after COVID and after lockdown. I think a lot of people have in terms of just how um, you portray yourself really in the kitchen. You know, like you said before, to become a leader instead of a boss, it's definitely uh, is something um, I have thought about a lot. It's just how I speak to people in the kitchen or how I lead the team. Instead of, you know, uh, dragging them from the front, you kind of want to push them from the back and just move everyone together at the same time. And every at the end of every Saturday night, so the guys get Sunday and Mondays off. So after a big clean down every Saturday, we, we normally have a chat just to, like, um, talk about, like, how the week's been, what we can improve on. And I always say to them, you know, it's like playing a football match. You know, you can't, you can't score a goal on your own. You kind of have to do it together as a team. You know, I can't, 
I can't succeed without them and they can't succeed without each other. You know, you kind of need everyone to perform to be able to to win a match, basically. And they need to focus and they need to just think about the reason why they came to work in that restaurant in the first place. If they have a bad day, I always say to them, you know, why did you come to work here? And just focus on that and don't be distracted by other things. And the reason why they're here is they're here for themselves and they want to to do well in their career. So just just keep focus and we keep going and we will have a better week, you know, just basically giving them all the positive positive thoughts to come back next week with a better attitude or, you know, the feeling of I can do this and I can I can succeed and I, I can um become a better chef or and it's not just that as well you you also teach them um how to be um just a better person in general because when they go home on the weekend it's not like they go home to their parents you know Mm. they live in London people live in London on their own so they just go home to that empty room and it's just like well what do I do now you know if I need to speak to someone there's no one there for me to speak to so, but then the boys do hang out together on the weekend, which is a good thing. You know, they meet up for coffee or they go for drinks or they go to the pub, which I think is great for them to have that sort of friendship outside of work as well. Even though they work together already five days a week, like at least spend every minute together. And then on the weekend, they still see each other and still have that sort of friendship, even though, say, they work in the same section and they have a bad day or they don't get along one day but on the weekend it's completely different as soon as those guys walk out of that kitchen it's uh it's just a friendship you know mm. they have a beer together they have a laugh together which I think is so great to have that it's um I always I always but I, I've spent years in kitchens but I've never worked in a kitchen environment so I'm mm. I was always I'm like a wolf in sheep's clothing you know I I would often some and, and I'm going to get called out for this by some chefs I never held but there are some chefs I'd you know roll my sleeves up I still remember when I was asked to do some desserts and uh, put gold leaf on top of desserts and I'd never touched mm. gold leaf before sold it for years but never touched it so what did I do wet clammy fingers put it on the gold leaf I've got whole sheets of gold leaf stuck to both my fingers like not able to get them <laughs> off and they're looking at me going Chris just get out of the kitchen like before you ruin oh. our entire service but I always think from my experience or for one little that I know and from what I've heard is it's very similar to when I was in a rugby team and on a rugby team you would you know come to blows with a player often on the opposite side but sometimes your own players you know sometimes there'd be a yeah. fight you know that's just because of the nature of this of the sport the passion and the uh mm-hmm. pressure is running high but then afterwards you have a beer you know you you take the mick out of each other and everything's completely forgotten because it's in a completely different yeah. environment and it's you know all of those stresses and pressures have been removed haven't they yeah no it's true yeah and i i i, I obviously um love it that they have that sort of relationship outside of work they go they literally spend every day together pretty much Um, but it's great they support each other you know and they advise each other and you know this is what you can do better or you can do this or that and especially when all they have is each other on the weekend as well because like I said okay some people speak to their parents on the phone on the weekend but some don't so it's good to have that sort of friendship so friendships aside from the people that they work with what would you say I mean for anyone who's listening to this now who's trying to I speak to a lot of uh, a lot of chefs on a on a weekly basis about how they're changing their business models to be able to benefit the welfare of their team and well-being of the team and mm-hmm. there's this big big focus around hours you know yeah. I know that our our report that we published recently said that work life balance was one of the key factors but also feeling valued was as well mm-hmm. and I wonder I mean from yourself you you're probably used to doing you know 
uh, a crazy amount of hours. And that's not unique to this industry. Other industries do do, you know, 70, 60 hour weeks. Mm. It's not commonplace, but mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's impacted well-being. I mean, what's what's your take on that? Um, I mean, having worked in that kitchen for six years, I see a big difference, you know, and what Chef Match obviously worked hard towards to is basically for for us to work less hours and have longer breaks and start later and finish earlier. And um, obviously recently we, we have been doing that and it's great for the guys because they'll get home and then they'll at least have more, more hours sleep than normal than how many hours I used to have. You know, and it's a good thing, and it's it's all great that you know hospitality is trying to move for a better life, work life balance. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's great that we we are achieving that just for for the guys to have more rest. Would you say there's other areas of focus that are um, just as important or more important on the on the scale of priority? Um, I think, yeah. I mean, the the well being of the guys is also as important, you know. But I thought that would come under the work life balance anyway. If if they are in our environment, the, the working environment less, then maybe their well being would be better. You know, the less time they're spending in the kitchen and the more time they have just sort of focusing on their personal life or because sometimes you don't you're, you're not sure what's going on in their life unless they they speak about it or they talk to you about it it's difficult to tell so maybe if they have more time sorting that out and um it'll be better um also, I feel maybe the learning process is also important, you know, like how you teach the guys in the kitchen to do something from start to finish and how they kind of take on board what you've taught them is important as well and to help them become more successful in their career, you know. Yeah. It's like maybe, I mean, it's not possible now, but maybe in the future or maybe when they have more time off, then they can go away for a few days just to see a different restaurant see how different kitchen work or I think that's as important you know just to be open to different environment or even different cooking techniques like different cuisine because I think for them it's it's important for them to see something different as well it helps build yeah it helps build resilience doesn't it because the more the more you know, the better place you are to deal with the unexpected and to be able to, you know, use additional skills that you've learned to be able to navigate yeah. navigate trickier waters and also your day-to-day waters as well. It might be something that you've learned from another chef or another environment. It doesn't necessarily even mm-hmm. have to be this industry. Like, you know, everything that I've yeah. learned and I'm trying to, you know, to educate this industry on has been learned from other sectors, you know, like... Mm corporate insurance or the travel industry or you you name it um but uh it's it's an interesting one for me because i've i've worked in businesses where i've done 50 hour 60 hour weeks before um but it's never impacted my well-being doing that time because of the environment that i was in was nurturing and was supportive so for me i i feel that sometimes you know everyone is looking at the hour thing as a, as a quick fix as a, you know, and it is important and please don't get me wrong for any way, shape or form. It's important for people to have that work-life balance. But also I think we need to identify that if they're only working 30 hours a week, when they come into those 30 hours, they're just absolutely beasted and hounded and made to Mm -hmm. feel like that they're not part of a team, then you're still going to end up with exactly the same issue. And I'm not saying that that's the case for you guys at all, but it's just, an observation from 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 conversations I've been having recently. Um, yeah, I was just wanted to get your take on it, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of things, isn't it? Like, the, the question is, where's the balance? 
um <laughs> it's like okay you give them less hours to work but then for me you work more hours then you kind of invest more time into your career you you spend more time learning other things and it just depends on what people want to achieve in their life you know you want do you do you want to become a great chef then one thing for me to become a great chef is you invest your time into it you spend more time training you know it's like same now with the you know with the olympics going on how does an olympian become a great olympian how do they achieve or win gold medals they invest their time into their career they practice they train every single day you know they probably spend more time training than us working in kitchens maybe it's you, you just don't know where the balance is to invest your time into your career or what's better for you or you know it just depends on the personal circumstances I guess I think you've touched upon something that is often unspoken but is very profound which is you need to understand the individuals you're working with and what their motivation, what their driver is, because mm-hmm. you're obviously a very driven individual. You want to succeed, you know, you you want to yeah. be the best. And as you say, irrespective of what industry you work in, and I'm very similar, you know, if I if I haven't succeeded in something and I've been told that I've not done it well enough, I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a fuel for my fire to drive me. But then for someone else, it might be a completely different thing. So it's a case of understanding who you're working with, finding out what their motivator is, finding out what their driver is, and ensuring that your environment or your management style or leadership style, whatever it might be, is conducive to aiding that person with achieving their goal. Yeah, 100%. No, I totally agree with that. Because... Sometimes how I approach an individual in the kitchen is completely different to how I approach a different individual because I know how maybe a certain person works in a different way, you know, like aggression doesn't work or um, sometimes you just need more of a nurturing um, way of teaching, you know, like I don't want to say gentle because... it's probably not the right word but basically just it's like going back to school just basically so this is how it works you do this first and you do that after and then you know kind of tell them a routine and that person will succeed or a different person will work completely different you just basically um tell them once and then you know they act like a sponge and they just go off and do their own thing or they adapt to see what works for them you know it's just you just kind of have to understand the people that you're working with and how to get the best out of them you know Mm. and if if they need support then I would always tell them you know I'm always here like if you want to come and talk to me I'm always there you know at the end of the night I'd always be one of the last people to to leave the kitchen so if they want five minutes or you know they can always come and talk to me just not just about work but personal stuff as well that's going on in their life um, so yeah yeah it's important yeah to to know to understand the people that you're working with and how to get the best out of them 100 percent. so you've been or well you I say out of work it's not the correct term but you've you've not been at work for two weeks now and I guess that's given Mm. you a bit of a bit of a time to reflect after quite a busy six years so it would be a good point for me to ask what the subject of your mental health and well-being means to you really um my mental health personally um The, the subject of mental health and yeah what what you've learned about yourself over this reflective period um it's difficult I mean it's so difficult to talk about myself in general but basically having the time off it's just I just it just makes me realize how much I I enjoy working in the kitchen and for me in terms of my mental health I try to um focus on the positive 
you know. Um, but when I first started at Restaurant Gordon Ramsay, just thinking back now, it was difficult to sort of not think about it. And um, after a long day at work and then you kind of have to go back in the day after, it was difficult, you know. Sometimes it's easy for someone just to be like, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, why am I doing this to myself? But now having the time off thinking like about it, you know, I'm glad to to push myself and said to myself, like, you can do this and just go going back in and try harder and, you know, focus on wanting to to be successful was important to me. And I just wanted to do well. And that is one of the, the, the most important thing to me, I guess. And now just it just makes me miss working in the kitchen and the buzz. From in terms of my mental health, um I, I like to say that um I sort of focus on other things instead of just focusing on a negative, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I guess, do myself proud and my family and everyone around me. And that was the key focus also. And obviously my grandma is one of my main inspiration and the main focus because I live with her almost all my life. And... I'm not going to lie, she was she was hard on me, you know, and nothing will ever be harder than when I was living with her. So for me, going through that kitchen was just maybe a glimpse of of what I went through when I was younger. So Interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, you know, I'm glad to, to have been brought up by her and she made me become a strong person, I guess especially when it comes down to mental health as well, because her and I went through a lot um, together in terms of just living in general. And it was difficult living in in Thailand. Just basically sometimes, like, we would struggle to even put food on the table, you know. And I think having that difficult time at that time makes this time easier if if you understand what I'm trying to say so yeah yeah now I'm just grateful to even be sitting here and having achieved what I have achieved the past six years I'm just grateful really you know so it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about how you would never have dreamt to to yeah. be where you are are currently which yeah really to, highlights to, that point yeah exactly to have come from such a small town in in Thailand to be sitting here talking to you you know it's crazy the journey is just crazy and obviously um being a part of Great British Menu as well last year that was incredible it's just like so surreal you know a, a tv program that I've watched so many times when I was younger to even be on it and being a part of the journey it's incredible what was that like because I've, I've had a few people from great british men you on and they've said uh you know there's well whilst it's all edited together beautifully there's there's some long days involved and there's uh, <laughs> a lot of lot of standing around and double takes but how was yeah. that experience for you no i um i was really nervous and scared i didn't really know what to expect you know when you walk into like an unknown place but once um I kind of got started and started cooking it became sort of uh natural not with the filming but just the cooking you know and it was fine and yeah there there was a lot of waiting around but the cooking part was fun and to be in the same kitchen as the guys um in the same region as me it was incredible it was crazy you know they're, they're so nice they're such lovely guys and we got on really well. We still keep in touch now as well. And just to have that friendship is, you know, is amazing. Good on you. Good on you. Um, and just out, of, just out of curiosity, it's a bit of a slant, really. But 
In terms of the diversity of, of, sort of men and women in kitchens, how have you how have you found that? Because you use the term guys, but I know that you mean that as in just general plural people. But how have you found that equilibrium, that balance? Have you found it started to become better over the last sort of last few years, or still much the same? Um, for me, I don't see a different whether there's more guys in the kitchen or more girls. But I think there needs to be a balance just in terms of maturity or like organisation. Um, sometimes, okay, you know, girls can be more organised and they're more mature. So that it kind of balances the the kitchen attitude or, you know, it's, it's different. But then when um, this is a few years back, in our kitchen, there was only two girls and then the rest were boys. I didn't see a big difference, you know, they were still working as if, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Basically, they're, they're still the same, you know, I've, to be honest, I've never worked in a kitchen where it's just all girls either, so I can't compare the difference. And if anything, I don't see that there should be, like, uh, an equilibrium. It's just, if you're a chef, you're just a chef, doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the, the main thing is whether you can do the job or not. You know, if you can do the job, then great. Like, um, I'm thankful for that. And it doesn't really matter if it's a she or he. They can still do the same job, you know. And that's the most important thing to me is whether you're a great chef or not. Yeah. As, as, irrespective of, of gender or a whole host of other things, it is down to you as a person. Like, what yeah. are you... You know what? What do you bring to the business? What are you capable of? You know, and it, yeah. and we get we get very tied down with um, you know titles and things, but ultimately, yeah, say it's 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 about you as an individual, as a person, yeah. Which is again the whole thing that comes back to leadership. It's about valuing people as individuals rather than just yeah. labels, which I think is is yeah. vitally important, vitally important. So yeah. the label should just be chef and basically. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah 100% 100% like uh yeah it's it's a nice it's a nice all-rounder isn't it really um yeah and almost irrespective of what position you're in I for a long time I've thought you know the Scoffier system's obviously done a done a great job in terms of setting up you know setting up a an industry or aiding an industry but it's you know Late 19th century, it was instigated. It's a military-based system. It's been around for a long time. And I just wonder whether or not, like, I don't know, we start reinventing, not reinventing the wheel, but perhaps looking at the terminology that we have for people and the different mm. roles, you know, in, in the hierarchical structure. Because mm. in my teams that I've managed, they all have the same title, irrespective okay. of like what sort of role they've been in or what sort of mm. skill sets they have. Each person will have a different set of skill sets. And it's mm. my job as a manager and a leader to try and bolster the the ones who are lacking in certain areas and, you know, yeah. improve uh, and so on and so forth and, and deal with those as individuals. Yeah. But ultimately they were all part of the team. So, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is whether or not, because again, it comes into the fact like head chef, for example, or, yeah. you know, head waiter, Mm. if they're a head chef or a head waiter or a senior sous chef for example and your job job is also to help manage people and to mm. help you know look after your team and drive performance and look after their well-being then perhaps we should be looking at the roles of that and going well actually are you able going to be able to look after your team if you're doing mm. 60 70 hours a week or would you be more yeah. efficient by spending one-on-one -on -one time with every single member of your team over the course of a week and and building their mm. skill sets and building their resilience mm. it's just i don't think anyone has an answer for that at this moment in time but it's an interesting concept that oh, i've yeah. been thinking about for a while now 100 percent. yeah it's weird it's it's a weird one that it's just like i guess you you just have to think more of the 
job roles and their job description you know what are they there to do how how can they lead the team to become successful um instead of just thinking oh he's the boss but then having a leader in the team is for me I I think it's important to have that person who you can look up to and be inspired to you know and just basically the figure of motivation and and leadership so you you feel more comfortable and you know having someone there who you can go up to and ask questions if you don't understand something because you still need a leader within a team just just for their existence for you to feel comfortable i think mm. yeah yeah you kind of need that it's like having a boat without a captain <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's boat gonna sink yeah yeah well it might it might not necessarily sink but it, you know it's not going to travel in the right direction for for long enough to be able to get to go where it's going but um yeah so kim two weeks off what are your sort of personal uh personal hobbies or things that you've been doing to to keep your well oh. either way during the last two weeks or just in general what other things are you into um I like swimming I find that it's one of my sort of de-stress hobby you know I turn to um and also I do yoga sometimes just a way of meditating it's just a good relaxation and good for my flexibility mm. and yeah. If I feel motivated enough, I go out running. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's it. Just, and Em and I like sort of going out for walks now that we have the dogs. We like going out for like long walks and stuff. Um, mm. and cooking at home is also a de stress. Even though I cook at work, it's just a complete different type of cooking, I guess, having people around for dinner socializing with our friends um no we enjoy that a lot just having people around or just seeing friends in general mm, it's a yeah without any time scales without any ticket machines going off or, or orders coming through yeah. or you know if, if a friend returns a plate of food you can quite easily tell them to bugger off and yeah but it's a good a good thing to kind of find time to see your friends and socialize you know you can talk about things or unload your 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 concerns and you know our friends are always there for us which obviously we're super grateful for as well and vice versa obviously Mm. good on you so what's next what what, what's your next challenge what are you looking for um i am thinking about it um i don't want to say it yet just because um i don't want to uh ruin the surprise (laughs) but i have i have big dreams for sure it's um something along the lines of Thai food but I'm going in that direction yeah okay well I, I from what I've heard of your journey so far I think that you're you're still far from far from over uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah you've got, you've got, there's a lot there's a lot more steam in those tanks yet so uh, yeah, interesting. yeah I'm excited to see what you see what you come up with but one of the one of the final sort of questions that I ask my guests on on every episode is mm-hmm. if you were to travel back in time and, and meet uh, a young sixteen year old version of yourself who is potentially looking yeah. at going to you know going to economics at university study economics at university what would you um what would you say to yourself now if you could travel back in time and meet that younger version um, God when I was sixteen um I think I would tell myself to um, not do economics. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) I think it was a good thing I did economics because it taught me different skills. But I think I would tell myself to um, be more focused 
on what I wanted to do in life and be more confident with the decisions that I wanted to make, you know, and having self-belief at the time to tell myself that I can just go off and, and do it and be successful. Because, you know, when you're younger, you, you, you don't have that confirmation to or the inner from the inner self to be like you can do it you know and you you don't have that confidence and you just needed someone to tell you or um just be brave basically you know just have to go out there and just chase your dreams and have that self-belief that you can do it and just go for it I love that and that's only something that someone would say once they've proven to themselves that they're capable. And, and I, I, I resonate with that because I think where a lot of us are younger, the world is a big, wide, massive, expansive place. And you always look at people thinking, you never know how they get there. But actually, a lot of the time, it's you know sheer grit, determination. Yeah. But I think that one thing that I've learned, which which mirrors what you said, is that you are, as a human being, capable of such great things. Even if yeah. you think that you're not at this moment in time, there's a way of of achieving whatever you want to achieve. You yeah. just need to, yeah. to take a step in the right direction and, and find what that, that mm. direction is and how to get there because, yeah, sure. potential is limitless. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I think it's just like basically sometimes I get told all you have to worry about is just yourself you know don't have to worry about anyone else what anyone thinks you just worry about you you do you and just go for it you know and once you go for it like for me I never want to take my foot off the gas just have to keep going you know, like the minute you take your foot off the gas and you start so, slowing down, you you become distracted and you just kind of lose track a little bit. But once you start going, you just have to keep going and don't stop, you know. And I think that's when you start enjoying your path a little bit more and you're like believing yourself and you get to where you want to be, you know, just have to keep going. Mm. every day is a opportunity to learn and to grow isn't it and sometimes yeah. you know life is all about challenges we'll meet challenges on every single day it could be oh. something as simple as catching the bus you know yeah. it's a challenge to read those bloody timetables nowadays but, <laughs> <laughs> but how you cope with, it, with with the challenge how you approach it yeah um, and that's that's a learning thing as well like for me I used to be incredibly negative and what I started doing was spotting my negative thoughts and writing my negative thoughts down on a piece of paper, crossing mm-hmm. them out and then replacing them with positives. And I actually had to train my brain to start mm-hmm. looking at things in a positive light. And it made such a difference because rather than looking at things as mountains, you, you start to see them as sort of uh, scalable obstacles or molehills yeah. that you can step over. Um, mm-hmm. But it is something, you you know, I think you have to learn, don't you? Yeah no 100% and you train yourself to to be that to become that positive person instead of focusing on the negative you know um it's better to become positive Mm. Mm. and in terms of uh, where our listeners can and can find you to keep an eye on or potentially what you're up to next, where's where's the best place for people to sort of connect with you? Um, I guess Instagram is at the moment is the centre of everything, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Both good and um, bad, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, emails or phone calls. Normally, I would say you'll find me down at number 68 to 69 Royal Hospital Road, but I can't say that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no longer there. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to still be in London um, for the next step. So that's going to be where I am. 
it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you ever so much for for sharing your journey and, and talking about your experiences as well and um yeah it's it's been lovely to meet you and look forward to seeing what you're up to next oh thank you very much thanks for having me no problem at all i'll i'll speak to you soon you too bye cheers bye i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the burnt chef journal We'll be back again next week with another episode, but in the meantime, if you wanted to learn more about The Burnt Chef Project, please head over to our website, www.theburntchefproject.com, where we have a range of merchandise which is designed to create awareness. We offer training modules, we also provide support services, and also you'll find access to our online app, which is free to use internationally. Do feel free to give us a follow and a like on social media, And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week.